Hi everyone, this is Dr. Tracy Jones. Thanks so much for joining us for this Throwback Thursday, our new series where we go deep into the archives and pull out some of the vintage wit and wisdom of my father, Charlie Tremendous Jones. Today, you're gonna to be watching part three of the speech titled, A Christian is a Full-Time Minister. And in this speech, the third part of it, my father really gets into some really deep truths about Christianity and his faith. And he shares that when we get hurt, it isn't to hurt us, but we get hurt so that we can be of ministry to someone else. And I love it when he says, if the world hurts you, you get bitter. But when Jesus hurts you, you get sweeter. Let's take a listen. You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. But let me tell you something, friend. Go easy on your feelings. I'll tell you why. Over the years, I've watched Christian workers. I don't mean regular Christians. I mean the workers. And I'll tell you, the first ones who are blown away at the first good wind of adversity are workers who live the life of the way they feel. I'm glad Christ gives you feelings. But I know Satan gives you feelings. But I'm glad that Christ gives you something better than a feeling himself. It's like being married. When I got when my wife said she'd marry me. You don't feel, I don't mean nothing. You don't feel secure. You don't feel like you got her when she says she'll marry you. Why? Because you know she still may find out the truth and not go through with it. You know? You know you only feel married when you got them signed, sealed, and delivered, legally tied up. And then when you got them signed on the dotted line, then and the pastor says you're married, then you get that feeling because you got her. So I couldn't wait to get married. I couldn't wait to get down to the altar. The pastor said, and I pronounce you man and wife. I didn't feel nothing. <laughs> but if I'd have woke up in bed a week later and said, Honey, I don't feel married anymore. She said, You are. Just the same. Don't you try to get out of it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I've never felt married. January 29th, 1948, I stood up and swore off every girl in the world. And I took one little gal, Gloria Burkhart, to be my wife. And I became her husband that day. And I've been learning to become more of what I became all of that day, and I would have done a lot better had she given me a little more cooperation. <laughs> and I have never felt married, and nor have I ever felt religious, nor have I ever felt powerful, nor have I ever felt righteous, nor have I ever felt good. But thank God, just like one day I stood up and swore up every girl in the world in March of 1950 in my car, I bowed my heads, I renounced my ten gods, and in the name of Jesus Christ, asked God to make me a Christian in Jesus' name, and he did. And that day when I did that, I became a Christian. And I, be I became all of what I'll ever become. And since that day, I've been learning to become more of what I became that day. Now, friends, you think I don't wish I knew all of what the great Bible teachers know? Do you think I don't wish I could just teach, preach to myself the way Curtis preaches to people's hearts? Sure. That's the icing on the cake. We live on the bread, the meat. And that's really the simple basics when you come to Christ. Amen. And no more. Mm. So immediately, when I had made my prayer, you know what I went home? I didn't know what a witness was. I just went right home, right, right to the kitchen. Went right to Gloria. I said, guess what happened today? So what happened? I said, I got saved. Amen. My sister said, that's nothing to joke about. I said, it's no joke this time, because I used to joke all the time. Because they weren't even saved. I used to kid them about being, being saved. They didn't even, weren't even saved. And I went through, I told them the scripture. I memorized two scriptures that day, John 3, 16 and John 5, 24 on the way home. 
And I went through that with my wife. And now Joy, she's in heaven now. And she was the first one of the group, our family, come to know Christ. Amen. And you know what was wonderful all those days? You can't decide who's going to get saved and who's going to get saved. And you know what's so wonderful? Before, before we were born, God knew us. And isn't it wonderful that even now, people say, I wish, I wish I could find the Lord. Well, don't go looking for the Lord. He's not lost. You see, the Lord is one or two places. Now get this here. Get this through your head. The Lord is one or two places. He's outside your heart, not going to get in, or he's inside your heart, never to get out. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. So you say, well, let's pray the Lord will go with us. Well, you can get away from him. I told you that now. Now wake up. The Lord drawing me closer. Well, he can't get no closer. But you see, it's so wonderful to think about things that are, isn't it? Now, so now, in your life, whatever you are, the housewife is enjoying Christ. Now, here's what I came to do tonight, folks. I want to tell you, number one, show you how. So then I make up these policies. So whatever it is, find some way to just plant seeds. But you know what most people need to do? Have from you before you plant a seed. They need to sense that you are a sweet savor of Jesus Christ. Now, they may not figure it out. But they need to sense that even though you're a very unhappy person, and beware of people who tell you how happy the Christian life is, because, dear friends, since I got saved, my life has been nothing but one happy day after another. But guess what? They've been joyful days. Amen. See, I got friends that are out of work. I got friends that are bankrupt. I got Christian friends whose children are dead on drugs. Now, friend, you can't live with people like I live and be happy. I'm not going to, and I'm not looking for happiness. But I have joy. And isn't that wonderful? Yeah. And, it, and there's a ministry in learning to hurt with people who hurt. And that's why the Lord lets you get hurt, to make you sensitive to people who hurt, to let you realize it's not too bad being hurt. Because, see, some hurt makes you sweeter. Some hurt makes you bitter. Now, if the world hurts you, you'll get better. If you let Christ hurt you, he'll make you sweeter. Now, you can't figure that out, but you understand it in his understanding. So my theology is simple. One time I got said, Charlie, you know, you're the first man I ever heard that says, has a thousand ways of saying the same thing over and over again. That's right. Because, you see, everything I say is built on one principle. Christ does not give you faith. You say, I wish I had strong faith like Curtis. Wrong. You get Christ. That's all he gets. You see, you can have faith without Christ, but it takes saving faith in Christ to save you. Now, when you think you ran out of faith, and you may, if you go through some deep trials, you'll run out of faith. You know what you never run out of? Christ. Amen. Let me tell you something. You get active and committed to your church, you're going to have your heart broken. You're going to meet with some very mean people who are Christian workers. But that's no reflection on God. That's no reflection on Christ. That's the way it is. You say, well, I don't have any more love. So what else is new? Join the club. <laughs> I run out of love every day. But thank God I don't run out of Christ. Amen. So whatever it is, you say, well, I'm tired. So you're tired. Christ gives you resurrection power. You know what you need when you're tired? Go to work. And then you discover you're not tired. You only, well, listen, listen, don't you listen to yourself. You're lying again now, listen. Now, General George Patton says, don't let your mind, don't let your mind get tricked. 
Make your mind rule the body. Don't let your body rule your mind. The body will tell your mind, you're tired, you're tired, you need a rest. Then make your mind say, no, you're not tired, go to work. See? <laughs> Don't listen. Talk back. So what I want to do, share with you now as we wind up this main, this is the main one here. I want to spend several minutes now, since Christ came into my heart, what is the greatest tool that he's given me in my life to work with? Now, number one, not faith, Christ. Not love, Christ. Not strength, Christ. You see, friends, if you want to figure out what I'm saying, everything I say, it's always in one word, Christ in me. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life that I love to live in my flesh, I live by my faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Christ. Christ. But now, here's the main thought. The power of books. Mm. Here's, here's one of my favorites. Hold this. Every meeting I close, whether, whether I, tomorrow we'll, we'll be with some businessmen tomorrow night, whenever I close a talk with it, it's a school or a prisoner church, here's what we end with. You are the same today, you'll be five years from now, except for two things. The people you meet in the books you read. You are the same today, you'll be five years from now, except for two things. The people you meet in the books you read. The people you meet. You hang around great people, you become greater. Hang around soul winners, you will be a better soul winner. Hang around great stewards for God, you will be a better steward. Hang around a bunch of thumb-sucking, complaining, griping boneheads, and you will be a better thumb-sucking, complaining, griping bonehead. There's only one trouble with great people. You know what it is? You can't take them with you. So that's why I always talk about books. Here's one of my favorites. The common denominator of success. You say, was that written by a Christian? I don't know, nothing in about Christ, but I know one thing. If your heart's spiritual, it'll be spiritual. If your heart isn't spiritual, nothing's spiritual for you. In this book, he says this. Successful people have something in common with failures. Successful people have something in common with failures. You know what it is? They hate to do the same things. You know there's, there's what they have in common? They hate to do the same things. Successful people make themselves do what they hate to do, and they failure waits for somebody to make them do it, or God do it for them. You know who needs to read this? I need to read it. Every worker needs it. Here's my favorite. Oswald Chambers. Oh, you say, did he, when did he write that book? He didn't write the book. His wife made shorthand notes of everything he ever said. He died in 1917 at age 43 years of age. His wife was a prime minister of England secretary. His wife made shorthand notes of everything he ever said. And when he died at age 41, they buried him there in a little cemetery in Cairo. She lived for years and she wrote all his books. And I tell my wife, honey, the world will never know how great a man I am. You haven't written down one lousy word I've said. <laughs> Oh, friends, here's a power book, The Soul Winner's Guide. I love nothing in the world like literature. Preaching is wonderful, but I guarantee you this. Thank God for the literature. Thank God for the sword. Thank God for reading. Yeah, can I, I cannot tell you the times of my life when I was absolutely beat and licked, and here come the sword, and I would read something by Dewitt Talmage, or I'd read by Spurgeon. I'd read a sermon and say, oh, God, and I just couldn't believe what the Lord just reading. And many years, there were those sermons, a sword, over and over again. But here's a little soul winner's guide. We, we don't know all the answers. We can't go study the Bible like these preachers and all those things. But here's, here it is. Here's all the objections people have. I must get better first. I have no feelings. And so I carry, you carry this around. You can just carry this with you. So a guy says to me, well, I got, I got to ask you some questions. Good. This is your lucky day. What do you mean? Well, you got, you're lucky you're asking me. Well, why is that? Because, because I can tell you... If you ask, what if you ask me, I'm going to mix you up. Well, 
Why would you mix me up? Well, I'm going to mix you up because I'm mixed up, and I'm going to, if I answer you, I'm going to mix you up. That's why this is your lucky day. I'm the only Christian you're ever going to meet who knows he's mixed up. Now, how about that? Okay. Now, you ask me, now, here's what I'm going to do for you. You ask me a question, if I, and I, if I give you the right answer, you wouldn't understand it because you'd misunderstand what I told you. So here's what I'm going to do. You ask me the question, and we're going to look it up here in the Bible. I'm going to find, because this answers every question you ask, it's in here. Then we're going to look up in the Bible. Then when I'm gone, you ought to remember what I'm going to say. You'll remember what the Bible says and exactly what it said. Okay, what's your question? You well, I don't believe the Bible. Good, let's see what the Bible says about people who don't believe the Bible. Well, I tried it once. It didn't work. Good. Now, let's see what it says about that. You say, well, well um, I don't think I can be accepted. You probably won't be accepted, but let's see what the Bible said before we read you out. <laughs> But the point is, I want to give him a chance to do what that truck driver let me do 35 years ago. And friends, it's a lot of fun to let him see you're not an authority. God has no authorities. God just has members of his family that by his grace, he converted you in spite of yourself. Yeah, oh, friend, we could just talk about the books, the books. Here, here's one of my favorites of all the books, Acres of Diamonds to show you right in your own backyard. Quit looking over there. Somebody said, I believe God called me somewhere else. He called you to Christ. Now sit down and shut up and go to work. <laughs> God said, well, I don't know. if I'm. Uh, let me pray about whether I ought to teach Sunday school. I already prayed about it. You go teach. I'll take care of that. <laughs> no use both of us praying about the same thing. Yeah. Friend, I like books. You said, well, isn't that a book on making more money? No, it's not a book of making more money to keep. It's a book of making more money to give. There's nothing wrong with you stretching your capacity to get more what God put there, to get to put to work and doing things he, not, he still needs money to do. Now, he can do it without money, but we may as well use it. It's there. As a man thinketh. Man, I tell you, that is just, I've, I don't know how many times I've read it. You say, well, what did you say with the Lord? I don't know, but I want to tell you this. God had to give that man insights. It's just like the it's just like scripture. You just so many hey man, I knew it, but I didn't know I knew it until I read it and I see it, see it. The kingship of self-control. You know what your biggest problem is? Self-control. James, why did Martin Luther hate the book of James? Because he was so overboard in grace. Well, grace is wonderful, but there's a thing called self-control that goes with it. Well, that book, I want to tell you this. <clears throat> Here. How much time do we have yet? Seven minutes? Good. Here's one for the women. What wives wish their husbands knew about women? What wives wish their husbands knew about women? You buy that book, you take it home and say, honey, if I catch you reading this book, I'll kill you. He'll have it ready before morning, you've got a new husband for $2. <laughs> Here's a book that changed my married life, A.W. Tozer. You said, was your marriage really as bad as you say it was? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> no two people ever hated each other like Gloria and I used to hate each other. She gave me plenty of reason to hate her too. But I was too big a man to hate her as much as she deserved to be hated. <laughs> and one day I grew so much, I accepted her like she was. You know what she did to spite me? She changed. <laughs> You know what my wife taught me? God used my wife to teach me no woman can remake a man for him to be what she wants and no man can remake a woman for her to be what he wants. You say, what made the difference in your marriage? Books. One day when I gave up trying to remake my dear sweet wife, 
to be what I thought she should be. Years and years and years went by. She began to discover some of my favorite books like A.W. Tozer. This is the book. Tozer is the one that taught me to think. Tozer is the one that helped me think in paradoxes. This is the book that became her devotional. And today, Gloria lives and believes what I believe. She humbles me to death when I watch Christ in her. This is the book that taught Gloria and I the secret to a successful marriage is not sex. It's not love. A little of that would be nice. <laughs> this is the book that taught Gloria and I the secret to a successful marriage is commitment. <clears throat> you know what you discover after 20 or 30 years of commitment? You discover a thing called acceptance. You know what you discover after five or ten years of acceptance? The thrill of getting to know a stranger you slept with all those years and falling in love before you die. Now, ladies, if you're married to a man, you've got problems. <laughs> but lady, if you're married to a Christian bus driver, a Christian Sunday school teacher, a Christian worker, you've got worse problems. Sir, if you're married to a woman, you've got problems. You're married to a woman who'll drive and wants something better for you and her family in Christ, who's going to drive you and nag you and push you a little, you've got worse problems. Now, a lot of you young women aren't married yet. I'm glad you came tonight because I'm going to tell you young women how to find the right man. Here it comes. You'll be glad to hear this. How to find the right man. Here's the way you find the right man. Quit looking. There aren't any. Get something with pants on and pray. Well, I saved you girls a lot of time, I'll tell you that. The right man, the right man. Who would be right for you, you thumb sucker? Tell you. I know you look good, but underneath you're like the rest of us. Now, now, folks, ladies, I want to lay one on you, ladies, because I know it's hard either way, men and women. Folks, after I got married and the children came along, got in business, then all in two years' time I got saved. Between Sunday school and soul winning and youth work and what have you and my own business, I am not a proud of it. I'm not ashamed of it. I haven't been home for dinner more than 15 nights of any month, hardly in 38 years. Then some woman will come up to me in church and say, well, how can your wife stand you working like that? Well, I'll tell you how she stands it. She has no choice. We're married. Now, shut up. <laughs> you see, friend, it was Dr. Tozer. We should have seen it in the Word, but we didn't. But it was Dr. Tozer to help us see when you're committed in Christ, to learn how to enjoy each other when you're apart. Because if you've got to be hanging on each other physically, you're not together anyhow. If you're not together when you're apart, then you're not together in the bed either. So every night when I go to bed tonight, I take out my shaving kit. Every night I'm away. And in my shaving kit, there will be love notes. Every night I'm away, there's a love note in here from Gloria telling me how she loves me. These are old notes I carry in case she forgets. <laughs> Because they're a little dirty. But tonight, tonight in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania, when Gloria turns down the bedspread, you know what she'll find on her under pillow tonight? Like every night I'm away. Tonight she'll find a little love note I wrote to her. And Pat Williams, the general manager of 76 year just came out with a new book on how Christ rekindled their love affair. And I put my love affair in that book, Rekindle, this book by Pat Williams and Jill's wife. And I just put a little thought, here, honey, some thoughts for you. And so some women will say to me, 
Well, honey, how can, it, 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 honey, why don't you do this? And they'd say to me, if my husband would do things like that, I'd be happy too. But I'd say, well, you put up with him 35 years, and he probably will, because I've only been doing this a couple months myself. <laughs> well. <laughs> Dear friends, don't ever worry about being a good Christian. Don't worry about being a good husband, a good wife. Just be a real Christian. And when you're a real Christian, enjoy Christ's life and make you a real husband, real wife. Amen. And I got to tell you this. Some people want to be remembered for a lot of things. Number one, I want my kids to know, number one, I love to share Christ because I knew Christ. But I want them to know mostly the greatest tool I've ever discovered in my whole life. The power of a book. So thank you very much for thinking with me. And I hope tonight I've helped you realize you can take a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. It's true. But you can put some salt in his oats and make him thirsty. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. As you can tell, my father was a life insurance salesman who was deeply in love with Christ. We all have our hearts broken. And when we do, that's not a reflection of Christ. Remember, we don't get faith. We get Christ. We can never run out of Christ. We may run out of energy, money, or friends, but we can never run out of Christ. And my father closes sharing some of the books that have really deeply shaped his life. He shares quotes and recommendations of his favorite reads. And I love it when he says, the only bad thing about great people is they can't, you can't take them with you, but you sure can take them in the form of books. He talks about the new common denominator of success, the kingship of self-control, as a man thinketh, thank God for literature. Well, my father was so broke there were times where all he could do was turn to a book and open up the pages and stay connected with the greats that have been through everything he has been through and more. So please check out uh, this video. Again, my father even shares how he and my mother exchanged love notes. So when he was on his travel schedule, he would open up a love note from Gloria and she would find one from him. What a blessing to see the two of them fall more in love with each other in Christ every year of their lives. So check out this video. And again, check out Tremendous Leadership. We offer uh, free shipping on order over $100. Order your copies today and of all the books that my dad talked about. And for more Charlie's videos, please check out our sister site, Tremendous Life Books, where we have tons more videos of my father. And uh, thank you so much for listening and thank you for helping us carry on the Tremendous Legacy. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.